0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick O'Toole dorgan and with me, as always, is a man whose life was entirely saved by Sigmund Freud.
1: I am the Adam Glass, and I was in Vienna. I was crossing some train tracks, and my foot got stuck, and I was trying to get out of the way, and the train was coming, and <laughs> Freud Freud tackled me just in time. Uh, completely shattered my ankle.
0: Was there a man in a mustache who tied you to the train tracks? Was it also possibly Sigmund Freud? Did he it, both put you in that position it, and then try to save you from that position?
1: It could have been. It was I did find it weird that the man who tied me to the tracks seemed to have two mustaches. <laughs> Before we get into the movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lost in criterion. Over there for just a dollar a month, you can help keep us going and get access to some bonus content. It's uh, always a non criterion film over there. Well, usually a non criterion film. It's always a non criterion film when we make the episode. It, let, that's, let's be clear. That's for sure.
0: It's only happened one time. It has only happened. I like how you, so far. You, you add the caveat every every uh yeah. Patreon pitch, but it's only ever like now, we we have admitted that like in the grand scheme of things, everything we watch will eventually be on the on of, the course, criterion of course. Our supporters
1: get to vote on what we're going to watch, and that's always based on a list that I put together of four titles that are semi-related in whatever my theme is, and then one that is always Kazam. We decided that that would be the escape valve on all of our lists, and they have made us watch it twice,
0: and they will never to make be us be perfectly watch it honest.
1: I sort of just picked it because it was a movie that seemed seemed at the time uh, wasn't getting covered by like all the bad movie podcasts. So <laughs> since then, it,
0: it has been, and and
1: I think it probably has. That's all level one, and that's a bonus episode every month from January to November. December's bonus episode is our holiday special that goes out to everybody. Um, we don't do we don't do a special one for the Patreon. Sorry, Patreon guys. If you feel like you're getting ripped off for your dollar during December, you could cancel um, for a month. That's fine. You could cancel. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, just write to me. I'll give you. I'll give you the. Uh, give Are you a dollar,
0: dollar with the somewhere. postcard. It's like no. <laughs> this paper no, clipped to no, the postcard. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that'll definitely make it. Uh, <laughs> uh, for a little uh, above that, five dollars for folks who can afford it and want to help keep us going a little bit more. Uh, We do like to thank those people on the air. Thank you so much to Andrew Jarrett, Chris Otto, Eric Coronado, and Stephen Goldmeyer. our $5 supporters. A bit above that, we do something that is pretty dang special. Darn tootin' it is. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard and mail that off. uh, Usually about the middle of the month, but uh, this month, the printer goofed. never coming. And, and it's apparently just never coming. So those postcards go out once a month, and uh, I write a little personalized thank you note on them, so you get to try to decipher what my handwriting is saying. It's um, part of the game. So It's, it's like a, part of the fun. Yeah, it's, it's the game, yeah. It's like a puzzle, too, yeah. Everybody loves it, I'm sure. Now, a lot of people do love it, because we we're we going to thank these people on air, too, and it's a pretty good list. Uh, thank you so much to our $10 vote supporters, Jason Westavert, Patrick Galco, Adam Speakerman, Nina Bojnack, and Tracy McGrath. Thank you. If you want to check out those postcards without committing to that $10 mark, you head over to redbubble.com. Search for Lawson Criterion there, and you can buy past postcards uh, in a few different forms, postcards, greeting cards, stickers. uh, Paste them up all over your neighborhood. Cover your car in them. Big thanks to uh, everybody who supported us through the Redbubble or the Patreon, and big thanks to you for listening. This week we are starting a bit of a little sub project. Many many years ago, we watched By Brackage, and Anthology Volume 1.
0: When was Volume 2
1: released? Well, Volume 2 was released, I believe, uh, timing-wise we should be in about mid 2010. So, so Volume 2 was out when we right, watched Right, okay.
0: Volume. I wasn't sure cuz like we when we watched Volume 1, we didn't talk about Volume 2 at yeah. all. Like in yeah. our minds eye, it didn't exist.
1: Volume one was spine number one hundred and eighty four. That was a long time ago. Roughly seven years ago. So this is five seventeen. And and back then, not that we've really settled uh now, but we have a little better idea now of how to handle stuff like this. Yeah. Um yeah. but also we're sort of experimenting this time with well, how to we handle also stuff like this. Um,
0: we made a we made a bit of we you and I what about a, about a year ago probably made a decided on a rule about like the sort of maximum amount of content that is allowable in one right, episode. Right. Yes, it was a wise decision. Yeah, especially we, so, we saw a lot of really big box sets coming up, and we're like, okay, shit, right, we need to like right, have a right. plan here.
1: Yeah, so this is this is perhaps one of the weirder in, uh, implementations of that plan,
0: but I think an effective one.
1: Back then, there were twenty-six Brackage films, many of them very short, but still. I think about 5 hours of material if I remember. Something correctly. like
0: that. I I remember it being something like 5 or 6 hours, yeah.
1: And we tried to cover that all in one episode. And it was too much, too much to watch, too much to keep
0: track of what was what. It cannot be understated how quickly bracketage can run together. Because again, right, like we right. we talked about this last week, I think. I think it was on the podcast that like it's the it's the sort of like trying to do all that in one is the sort of like is equivalent to trying to like speed run a modern art museum. <laughs> like, right. right, like, right. What, yeah. like, I I got to the entire museum it of is, modern art in like <laughs> in under an hour. And it's like, yeah. good for it's, you. Did you see any art?
1: Right. It's, it's band departing MoMA. It's, it's yeah, just, it, you're, never gonna, you're never going to,
0: you're never going to walk away with anything. You're, you're going to get nothing like, out of it. Like band apart is right. specifically like playing around with that. That is a joke. Right. But like, you know, right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. Um, we're trying not to do that this time right. is what I'm building to say. Try to be smart. So, so this time we're, we're maybe swinging too far in the other direction. I disagree. I think this
0: is perfect. I am I'm so pleased with this. Yeah. I'm going to so, fight you on this. I'm not going to let you surrender and, and, and pretend like we made a bad choice or even consider the possibility right. that we made a bad choice. I think this was perfect. I had a perfectly digestible amount of brackage. In my life this week. (laughs) Like, as in I can remember every single one of the things we watched in really significant detail. That's good. Which I couldn't do in the last one at all. Like, not even close. So, Volume 2, Volume
1: 2 itself, uh, with the Criterion release, is divided into six programs. And each one covers about an hour to an hour and a half of material. They are generally divided by time. Uh, Program 1 is 1955 to 1967. Program 2 is 67 to 76. Program 3 is 72 to 82. Then 89 to 90. Then 82, 92, 94 in Program 5. And Program 6 is 95 to 2003. So there is a little bit of overlap in some of those. Um, I don't know exactly what the editorial decisions were on what gets paired or if they were also time-considered, considering they are all... About like I said an hour to an hour and a half of material um, but we're we're going to do one episode per program uh, so strap in for the next six weeks we'll be talking about brackage. Uh right.
0: which but, uh, as an, as a, but as an artist who's it, it, theoretically we, we don't really know right now who's evolving over that time that should we should be talking about pretty different things. As we move right, across, right, 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 like I, this is pretty obviously early stuff, right? Like it, it I think feels this is uh, that
1: way. For me and you to have the conversations, this is a good way to approach the material uh, from an audience perspective. I don't know, if, I don't know how many people are going to listen to all six of these episodes.
0: I hope you do. Well, I, I, I uh, operate under the theory. I assume people do not listen to every episode. I, I <laughs> well, I've not. always assumed that people jump around and like, oh, I don't really care about that movie. I'm not going to listen. And, like, if right. bracketage is not for you, which is very understandable. Yeah. In order to uh,
1: in order to follow along on the podcast, you would also have to be watching the movies in spine number order, which is, frankly, an insane way to consume it's the criteria collection. It's bad.
0: It's a bad idea. So, <laughs> so again, I guess I, I... Or you just listen to us talk about it without watching it, which seems also kind of right. like an insane idea, because we do not synopsize the movies at all. So, you've no, never seen the usually. movie. You have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And and most of the time, I, I would not want to be on the hook for trying to synopsize a lot of the movies we watch. That sounds terrible. Yeah,
1: certainly not the bracket stuff.
0: No. Well, the, honestly, like... I <laughs> This set
1: is actually fairly easy Yes, to, yeah, to synopsize in that the four we have to talk about this week are, I suppose, more straightforward than almost anything I can remember from Volume 1. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, because volume they are one. not...
0: These are not... None of these are... Strictly speaking, purely abstract.
1: Yeah, with volume one, we had a lot of abstract painting on uh, the film frame. Um, we had a couple like moth light, where he w- just taped detritus together. Yeah, uh, and ran that through the film, uh, which were really fascinating. I mean, yeah, they were really
0: um, interesting to look at. They, 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 but they were very, very specifically abstract art. They, right. they, and and these are. No, I won't say they have plot or anything like that per se, but they right. do like have subject matter, like specific subject matter. Yeah. Right,
1: right. And there is still that play, that experimentation and and in some of them even still that painting on the frame. Yeah. Uh but uh but yeah, there's just uh they're not <laughs> they're not a string of 15 in a row, 3 minute uh, abstract, <laughs> right? Yeah. Painted, painted films, or, uh, or various other that, ways
0: of generating like effect. Yeah. like on film, right? Right,
1: right. So they're just consuming it this way is going to make it easier for us to talk intelligently about them. Uh, whether or not we take that opportunity to actually talk intelligently about uh, them impossible. remains to be seen. For me, at probably least. impossible. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll try it out. So I hope. For, for your listeners' sake, that, uh, that this is not a bad choice, but it is the choice we have made, and we're going to stick with it because it makes the most sense to us. This week, as I said, is Program 1, 1955 to 1967. Uh, the films we'll be covering, it's four films, uh, which <laughs> have a pretty wide variety of length. Uh, the Wonder Ring from 1955 is about six minutes long. Uh, The Dead, from 1960, is about 10 minutes long. Two, Creeley slash McClure, from 1965, is three minutes long. And then 23rd Psalm Branch, from 1967, is 67 minutes long. (laughs) So, pretty big jump. Uh, They are all silent. And I think we'll probably just talk about them in... In that chronological order, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more sort of background note on the By Brackage anthology: uh, Brackage died in two thousand three, and I believe that means probably volume one came out after he had died as well. The Brackage anthologies are uh, curated by his wife, Marilyn Brackage. Eventually, in this set, we will be watching about mm-hmm. watching a bonus. Feature that is a uh, a documentary made by uh, Marilyn Brackage called For Stan from 2009. A little short film, not a documentary, I don't think actually. But anyway, I uh, haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be covering that with uh, with one of the upcoming episodes as well. Uh, but first is the Wonder Ring. Uh, which was commissioned by Joseph Cornell, who is himself a visual artist. Uh, I don't know. Criterion says it was commissioned by him. I don't know what that really means. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, like, I guess it's, it's commissioned by him in the same way that any other, like, bit of, like, abstract art or, like, would be commissioned, I guess. Maybe paid for him to do it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh Cornell was also an experimental filmographer. Uh he did a 1936 uh film called Rose Hobart that uh that's a collage film. Um I haven't seen any of his work. He has it's like a few dozen movies ultimately between 1936 and 1965. Um he died in 72. And sixty five. Well, sixty five. He only he was born in nineteen oh three. So in, you know, when this came out, which I guess fifty five, not sixty five, um, he only would have been in his mid fifties. So it wasn't like he commissioned it as someone who like he couldn't make movies anymore. So he wanted someone to do something for him. Um, so maybe it was just he gave money to a younger artist. I think that's <laughs> like, basically hey, you're doing what that a means. thing. Yeah, you're doing a thing. I'm doing why don't you why don't you take my money and do this um it's it is the one of these and perhaps the one of all of the brackage work we've seen that feels the most like it's just brackage messing around with a camera
0: yeah, I would say so i mean it it is you you're getting into this this one feels like you're really in the territory of and that, this is not to be like dismissive, but like where experimental art can occasionally feel almost inseparable from like if I gave my son a video camera, right, and just right, like, right. hey, like you wanna play with this while we're riding around on the train, um yeah, like you know it's not because he's doing it with a lot of intention and and but like this one doesn't feel particularly. doesn't feel as artistic as any of his other works we've seen.
1: There are interesting things going on here artistically. I will say that. But I think there's a way of approaching this where this is just some guy holding a camera and not even thinking about where it's pointed. Because it's mostly just it's film of out the window of an elevated train. And we get the buildings going by and uh, the reflection of people in the glass. And that, that dichotomy itself is very interesting and obviously intentional. Um, and we get some shots of the interior of the train, but not a lot of the shot, shots of the no, interior very of the train. Uh, it's mostly just looking out the window uh, as as the buildings speed by, as the cars go by below. Brackage, this is silent, and all of these are silent, and the vast majority of, of what he made is silent. Uh, I think... Um you had read you had read someone say that there's there's only like three films yeah, bracket ever three made things that have he made with
0: with sound. Like it seems like his first thing ever had sound and I don't think that person I was reading used that one. I think they considered that like pre brackage being bracket, basically. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. I'd I'd have to yeah. go back and read that article again to figure out like which one <laughs> it right, right, right. was. Yeah. Brackage has insisted that audio detracts
1: from the film image. Uh, which I think is mostly interesting to me because it it bressons Bresson. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> suppose saying so. that.
0: Well, I mean, like, <laughs> right. well, and that's the thing where right, yeah, that, that's very true. I'm just going to say,
1: I, I disagree with that sentiment. Um, my, my brain finds it incredibly hard to focus on just visual input. With, I agree. With nothing else. Um uh, but, Aristotle said that the soul doesn't think without a picture. Uh and I think I'm kind of the uh, sort I, of the opposite. I actually my, my,
0: legitimately believe that like I don't think brains work so good without <laughs> without sound. I, I mean, as we know, my, right? Yeah. Like people don't handle silence well. Like human my, beings, my soul do not does not think without
1: well. a soundtrack. Uh yeah. One hundred percent. I can't. I can't focus without some sort of sound. So actually, in my notes, I say this: uh, the tactileness of taking notes on a mechanical keyboard while watching this, right, is I think the only thing that saved me from not being able to pay attention to the movie so, at all.
0: Here's what I'm thinking. Okay, so like, stick with me here, okay? I think a really important thing about this is probably viewing context. Yes, and and we. Are, could probably not be further removed from Brackage's intended viewing context now i don't know how each one of these was shown but some of them i know are like used as display pieces in um in uh, museums where they where it rolls and people wander in and out right um and even if you're but ultimately at worst i mean at at worst, you're seeing it in a theater,
1: which, yeah,
0: which which changes the context like a lot. Like watching this on your couch or at your computer at home is a wildly different experience. Presumably, right. like we don't know because Do I can't you... experience it, but I can imagine it than like sitting in a theater.
1: Do you remember a couple years ago I ran across something that I sent to you? Uh, this is testament to how uh, impactful the original package set was on us. Is the fact that we have thought about it a lot over (laughs) over the course of the last six years but a couple of years ago i ran across a story um i think from um from nostalgia.com um though that's that was spelled a little weird uh, is n-o-s-t-a-l-g-h-i-a.com uh and they had a write-up it was an excerpt from someone else's work i can't remember exactly what um or who so apologies for not properly citing this because I didn't go back and look it up. But it was a story about a time Brackage met Andre Tarkovsky. Okay. Tarkovsky was in the US for some sort of film festival, and Brackage was there as well. So he invited Tarkovsky up to his hotel room to watch some of his films. And it was a you know a, a fairly large group of people shoved in this hotel room watching the films just projected on the hotel bed, the wall of the hotel bedroom. Right. Uh, And Tarkovsky hated it. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely could not get into them. And uh, maybe that's, you know, context too, right? Uh, It probably is to some extent, right? If that is the choice that Brackage made for how to show Andre Tarkovsky his films... (laughs) was a bunch of people shoved in a hotel room in uh you know and and i imagine that he did not have the funds to rent a a blackened theater room (laughs) to show tarkovsky right his his films tarkovsky is himself a very artistic filmmaker uh and you know we've talked about his films in the past, and and he's very impactful. You know, I don't have I don't exactly have Tarkovsky's response to it, except that he didn't really like it. And I wonder if Tarkovsky just viewed all the Brackage's stuff as bourgeois excess uh, coming from like I a mean, Soviet
0: perspective. <laughs> but, and you know, it's, it's it is I don't very, want to project. So, but you know, like here's the problem you run into with like with like as we sort of get away from like this specific one, right? The thing about it is, is that like when you get into like very, very avant-garde, right? Like, like and, and Brackage, like Brackage, we're 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 you know what, seventy years on from the first movie we watched, this again Wonder Ring is not so avant-garde. It just it just isn't. It it is, it is experimental, but it's not really heavily avant-garde, right? But when we talk about the ones we watched in Volume One, um. When you start to think about like really in, intensely avant-garde art, it, it it's really a hard line to 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 talk about, right? Like it it can feel very bourgeoisie, right? Like y- even though the artist themselves is probably not necessarily engaged in like you know a bourgeoisie lifestyle, right? Like we talk about brackage, like being right on the Obviously edge of poverty not. at all times yeah. for like decades, right. um, but like it has a because to a certain extent, avant-garde, we we understand we can understand that the artist is making it for themselves, but it can also have a feeling that it's being made for that class, right? That it's being made to be sold to that class, or that it's being made for the for the sake of making it, like, you know, like and for the sake of being sold or being or be becoming famous for being avant-garde or something, right? That, like that, like. And and that's true about the intentions of all people in, like kind of all environments. Whenever people make art, right, it's like, well, it's really hard to tell what their intentions are, and we can't we can't really know that. Brackets can have that feeling the same as the rest of them can, like the rest of any sort of avant garde artist can. You know, when you're just watching what is what can be viewed as a bunch of swirling colors on a screen, it it I, I choose to mentally sort of engage with those as as essentially. Um, you know, yeah. abstract paintings that move, right? I like did the way that you would engage with that kind of art, right? Right.
1: I uh, I have found the original article I was referencing, and it is, it is actually uh, Brackage writing about it, um, in talking to an interviewer. Um, but the uh, the particular the particular film that Brackage really got angry at. Uh, they started off with Window Water Baby Moving, which is one we watched for right. for the first set which is the one of Brackage's boy giving birth. Right. Shoved in this tiny hotel room. Uh, Brackage was afraid someone would faint watching this because it was very, uh, it's intense, uh, right. particularly for the time period, right? It's not, that was the one we talked about. He had to get developed secretly because he was absolutely convinced it would be. In fact, I think, I think the story was that... Uh, that the first, the first processors refused to process it. They considered it pornography or that it would legally be considered pornography. But Braggage showed this and Tarkovsky's wife was there and he, he thought Tarkovsky's wife was about to faint while she was watching it. And Tarkovsky responded incredibly angrily uh, saying that uh, art must have a mystery to it and this is too scientific to be art. It's an interesting take.
0: Well uh, know, it, 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 not it, is, surprising from it is fascinating also that, I mean, I feel like this was, like, mistakes all the way down, right? Like, Brackage is, is probably very, very proud of window water baby moving, but, like, right. it is the last one I would necessarily show to Tarkovsky in a <laughs> hotel room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, And, and right. I guess, to a certain extent, a lot of the stuff that maybe Tarkovsky would have been into, he hadn't made yet. Well, like, it's ninety I, I think we're talking the late seventies. So okay. Well, then it would have been. He's paint.
1: already started with the paint stuff, right? And, 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 like, and he does show him some of the paint stuff, which is very interesting too. Yeah. No, I think. I think. I think there's a chance that, uh, that starting with that one really, really set yeah, Tarkovsky off mean, like for the rest really, of it.
0: Like, you you really led in a weird way. Like, I mean, yeah it may be in, in many ways the one you're most proud of, but I, I can get behind, I can see where Tarkovsky's coming from in that analysis of that. I, it's been a long time since we saw it, but, like, again, you get into this really fine line, right, that always exists in this kind of art, right? Like, lots of people have filmed, like, since then, I, I don't know, 1959, but there's been a lot of baby births filmed, like, in this world, and there's been a yeah. lot of people who have been at present at, at baby births, right? Like, <laughs> Like, right, right. we're talking about, like, a time, like, I mean, like, to this day, people, the people who just, that's just, I mean, not beyond doctors, there's there's midwives and all kinds of, it's like, it's really a weird, fine line where it's like, okay, are you, are you stepping over the line into, like, something that could just be showed in a health class? Whereas the other stuff, you would never have that mistake with, right? Like, none of his other work would you be like, oh, this is just, you just filmed this thing, and then, like, I don't know, it, it's... It's just an odd one to start with. That's all.
1: Yeah. So one of the other ones he watched was, uh, Dogstar Man part four. They did Untitled number six. Um, and I think these were all ones that we watched in, in volume one, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, uh, it doesn't look like Tarkovsky wrote it off as, uh, explicitly bourgeois self-indulgence in Brackage's memory of it, but, but did call, did call itself a self-indulgent,
0: uh, and, and and one you one can't really necessarily argue that that is a wrong thing to say right about it. right
1: right, yeah, yeah tarkovsky uh again, this is Brackage quoting tarkovsky's uh critiques of him, though through a translator, so there's that too, um but Tarkovsky says uh film is only a collaborative art, uh and also said the color is shit, what is this paint, why do you do this? Which is very, very funny <laughs> to me. But yeah. Um so obviously Tarkovsky has a has a, a different approach to what makes film art than Brackage is doing. And and Tarkovsky talking about film being collaborative is very interesting because obviously what Brackage is doing principally is very insular work. Right. right. It's not he's filming it himself, um, particularly when he's doing the painting stuff. That is 100 percent his work right because uh, it's not even you don't even have a cameraman for that sort of thing right you just you're just there um so the wonder ring is you know perhaps there's a there's a few stu- uh, a few of them in here as we'll talk in this first program that are more collaborative in that they do involve other people, right? Right,
0: but debatable um, how collaborative they are. Like, right, right. I right. mean, um, I would say like, what is it? Two, um, oh, man. I'm gonna have to like. Two Creeley McClure is yeah, obviously collaborative because it features features multiple people being filmed, right? Like, right, two different yeah. people being filmed. That's that's obvious. But like, right. Wondering has a very voyeuristic feeling to it, right? Like, it feels more like. Yes. The people in the film couldn't not be filmed more than they, like, right. that, that classic, we, well, you're out in public, you don't have a right to disagree right. with being filmed um, Pat, sort of scenario.
1: Pat, I uh, just want to clarify, you absolutely do not mean it feels salacious at all. No, but voyeuristic uh, doesn't just, mean but it is, salacious, right, right. yeah.
0: it It, it I is very specifically, the people in the film do not feel like they are strictly consenting right. to being filmed. Right. Um, They are, they are... Yeah. In the same way that like you can take photos of the street or or anything and you're not technically violating people's right to privacy you are they are not specifically consenting to it uh directly right and uh and oddly enough it's that's not the case in every country <laughs> like in every place like that 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 concept of consent is not the same in every country right like, that right. would strictly speaking be be not legal here uh he, yeah. he would have to i mean the face there's no faces like i mean i, I don't think in Wondering we actually can make out any human faces per se I, i'm You'd trying be hard to pressed to identify anyone that's there are I mean. some it's...
1: some recognizable faces in the reflections i think recognizable as faces not
0: right that's a yeah um, i mean you could definitely tell they're, they're yeah. people and you can look at but like the reflections are very um they're the reflections off of a window with a background like you can barely make out like any details beyond like, well, that person's wearing a hat and that person's not (laughs) like kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Another, another interesting aspect artistically to, to this one is that the window he's looking through is leaded glass. So there's distortion of, of both the reflection and the image we're seeing through the window. Um, Yeah, it was, it, it was visually engaging and and fascinating. And perhaps, perhaps the fact that it was only five and a half minutes long uh despite being silent i I found it easier to engage in this one, but oh, it is also yeah. noteworthy that this is the one where I first started thinking about how I wasn't going to be able to engage oh, with this right. without something else going this on this was
0: this was actually I did not watch them in order, so this was actually the last one I watched, and i I thought this one was interesting because it it after you watch all the other ones, it feels like such a departure from the other ones. It is so. It's just so different. While while there's artistry to the filming, it, I I can't help but get it doesn't feel artistic in the same way. Um, the other ones feel produced whereas this one feels filmed. You know what I mean if that makes sense. Yeah. Like th- this one feels like oh I got I've got this camera. I'm going to compose things like sort of on the fly as I'm as I'm Right,
1: right. Not necessarily improvisational, but certainly unplanned.
0: Right. Like, and, and and part of that derives from the fact that it can't be planned, right? Like I mean, you can know what train you're going to ride, but you can't know what it's going to be like while you're on it, right?
1: Right. Everything we'll talk about today is filming of subject, right? There's right. no There's no painting um
0: I mean 20 There, or 20, there, there is a Branch little bit has of it. Some painting in it. Right. The other ones right. do not. But the other not. ones all feature some film tricks right i mean there's there's um right there's right. negative that's, and another and there's like overlaying and stuff but um yeah this one has the has maybe the least maybe none of that i don't know if this one because some of it's a uh, this one features some like thing, images overlaid over top of each other but that's just the nature of filming through glass right like right uh, right and rather than being like an actual like super film as a medium yeah. yeah like he's he's he is he is strictly speaking just filming but he is
1: still playing with the visual, right? Which is which is interesting. We, as which we, is interesting as we that he's playing to the others,
0: right? He is playing with a visual. He's he's naturally generating a visual style that he will use in the other ones, but he will create through sort of right, sort of tricks of the medium rather than through just you know essentially playing with light, which is what he's doing here, right? Uh, so that's interesting, like because yeah, like images superimposed over top of each other here are generated by just the nature of reflection and, and glass and stuff like that. Um, right, right. Whereas
1: with the next one, the dead from nineteen sixty, uh, it's all. I don't think there's a single, single frame of this movie that is not at least two frames.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the, uh, the the dead is 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 visually. I don't wanna say confusing, but is visually challenging like it is it is hard yeah. to watch like i this one was maybe it's hard to say I would say this one was the one that I found most difficult to just no that's not true. I found this one difficult to consume, not for yeah. lack of sound, but because it is the images are hard to digest,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's interesting what what exactly Brackage might be trying to say with this one because uh, I, there's a fairly easy read of this obviously because the the principal images we're seeing superimposed over one another are scenes that appear to be the same in Paris of just the walkway of, of people interacting yeah. um filmed from what I assume to be a boat as he's traveling down the Seine because he it is the camera moving in much the same way as it did in the wonder ring that's superimposed with like images of a graveyard yeah uh and sometimes negative images of the graveyard. yeah there's a lot of playing adds a horror element to it um
0: what year was this one produced again you you said 1960 okay i wonder i'm not familiar enough with horror film as a as a genre period was negative-wise, I guess it was, because we've seen sort of horror-adjacent films pre-60 that were, like, using negative as a, like, way to indicate things, something is scary, right? Yeah. Does I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know that it like happened a, s- a
1: lot in in mainstream film, period, because it's a very weird thing to do, right? <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, but I mean, especially when,
0: when you're talking about the, the, the lighting on the... the cemetery doesn't actually lead it lend itself very well to being put in negative there's not enough yeah. contrast on it to to make it like really discernible a lot of times
1: and everything's either black and white or or very low saturation so the negative is is also not very contrasted um yeah i think i think the association of that negative image with with horror is less. Perhaps because of specific examples from horror movies, and more just—it's the distortion of the image we we should find normal, but right, but yeah, it's distorted. I mean, right, like it's like looking through a looking through a funhouse mirror.
0: Yeah, um, I suppose so. I, I I'm just trying to like think about it. Like, it just, I mean, trying to take like a step back and think about it because like he does use it in this one and the next one. He uses negative quite quite uh, extensively. And yeah, kind of trying to figure out what what the goal i see like what the exact goal is there like it could be because it's scary but it also could be just because it is um by making those negative you're altering like because it's a it's a lit space and so you're flipping it it may just be also playing with around like what you can see through it and what you can't right because um Right. You're going to be able to see it's any. The, you're going to see through white and not through black, and it, it's well. Actually, you're going to be able to see through black and not through white, and it's
1: it's the the mirror darkly sort of thing is is right. what gets it to. Uh, and the fact that we're particularly dealing with death in this one, given the title and the well, and the and the, the cemetery,
0: right? Like, I mean, like the, the cemetery. Those are you know, the cemetery yeah. is is of course the big the te- the big tell, right? Like people yeah. don't film cemeteries generally speaking, for, like, positive messaging.
1: Right. Unless you're Mary Shelley. Uh, and then you pre-exist film, but still. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so it's... What exactly he's trying to say artistically, if it's anything deeper than than the surface read leads to, I don't know. Uh, not that the surface read is... Bad, um, You know, we do get particular shots, again, intercut with the graveyard, superimposed over the graveyard, of what seemed to be a young man half asleep on a train or a bus or something. Um, so there's that, that too, uh, and a sort of death is dream world, maybe, in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Which again, I the try- negative... I think the negative image just as, as the the through-a-mirror-darkly ma- sort of existence of the metaphysical universe is, uh, yeah, I I think it, it feels like something Brackage would be thinking about.
0: Yeah, in, I, in I agree this. with that. I mean, I, I'm also just trying to, you know, I'm trying to, like, think about alternative ways. There, because, like, it feels like the sort of baseline read of it is too too easy yeah so i'm trying to like feel around to see if there's like some other read you could get from it that is not the sort of like you know like oh we're on a river so like maybe that's like the river sticks i don't know like yeah we're we're all drifting towards death i you know it's it it, it feels too easy so i'm kind of like hunting around
1: in human culture throughout history Basically, everything has been a metaphor for death at one point or another well, so yes, I mean, we could we could we could talk about a lot of things and even even the joy of people uh entertaining themselves along the river is is contrast to death right so it you know it's inescapable in that and that's you know something again it's baseline, but it really is something the movie's doing is contrasting that that life along the river to uh, the cemetery that is not very far away either, right? Not that the cemetery is obviously not filmed from the river, but, uh, but it's still a Parisian cemetery. They're not. This is where these people are going to end up. This one, what I was really impressed with this one visually is that we're dealing with film, but there's some stuff going on here that's almost like uh, video bending that we we've talked about before, right? Um, just with the 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 lightning fast jumps between positive and negative, and the superimposition of images, and um,
0: uh, we'll talk a little bit more about
1: this with with uh, the last film on the docket today, right? Yeah, I mean, we get we get a
0: lot song. closer. It, it, I I am fascinated by. The sort of a thing that is is a thing I think about a lot and watching Brackage makes me think about this like a lot is that like we go through we've gone through essentially with when it comes to actual like visual like moving picture medium. We've gone through three sort of distinct phases of means of manipulating the medium to like achieve effects that are all different in both way of doing it and result, right? Like Brackage deals very much in like the hard the so like like actually distorting the film in some way or another right like the the, right. the actual physical medium of the film and then you later on you get into something like video bending which is 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 still like phase 2 right you're you're manipulating the, like a a a non digital generally speaking a non digital um video signal right but it is it is right. an electric signal but it is it is not digital necessarily it can be but like you're you're manipulating in a way that is not explicitly digital, of course like modern because we have digital technology a lot there's lots of things out there that will digitize it then manipulate it in a way and then de digitize it, you know, make it analog again. And then there's the sort of the digital age where we're like where where we sort of to a certain extent gained so much power over over the nature of it that now it doesn't like you mess it up on purpose in a lot of ways and more you know what I mean? Like it, it like it, it doesn't feel like bending anymore as much as it is just like, oh, I can like make this anything I want it to be because I have a program that does that. Uh but Brackage is is is, is like really in that first phase and like he's doing a lot of really neat stuff that like is really cool and, and makes you realize that like the, the line between phase one and phase two is 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 there but like not that um still achieving a lot of the same effects, right? Like overlaying video, like you know, putting you know, you know, in when you get into sort of the second phase of that, you're you're doing that like by overlaying signals, and it has a different result because those things don't work the same way when you're trying to output a like a a t you know a, a analog TV signal, uh, but like kind of a ch- accomplishing the same result. But this one is actually a lot cleaner, right? Because when you overlay two pieces of film over top of each other physically you get a perfect imposition of the two over. They're not, they don't interfere with each other in the same way that video signals do. Right. They like perfectly overlay over top of each other. Their interference is purely light based rather than any sort of like. Right. RF based. Right. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's really neat to watch. I like watching that kind of stuff. It's not what I think is like the cool thing to do, but it is really neat to watch. Um, and it's a lot of it. It's like pretty much the entire one, right? Like this is like all that. Um, I would say the next one actually is the one I found most fascinating as far as that is concerned. We'll get into that when we get into it. Yeah. Um. um by the next one, do you mean? Two Creely McClure, I assume is the next yeah. one. I don't know. Um, it is.
1: It is. Chronologically, it is the next one. I just wanted to make sure you Two
0: Creely McClure is – I don't know if you're ready to move on to that one. Yeah, I, we I can. To, it's like, from Two Creely McClure is – is cool as shit. Yeah, um, it, because it does shit like that you would expect in in something like video bidding or something like that. Much more adeptly, right? Like, especially the the end of the of the sort of second half of it, where he starts blending multiple scenes of moving objects of the same person who's fundamentally stationary but is 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 moving their head around a lot. Uh, you get what. I I recognize as the as what movie is it um is what movie is that where like th- that's can't. like that's the transforming man effect oh in a horror yeah. in a bad in a low budget horror film right like in the right 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 like i need to i'm going to have this person shake their head around a lot and i'm going to yeah. do that three or four times with like different levels of makeup on them and I'm going to blend those together over top of each other, and I am going to get something that looks like a person rapidly transforming because they're moving so much I can't make out individual right features like a, very distinctly right like a um, wolfman sort of yeah thing. exactly yeah. um yeah and, and you see it in, it's it's a neat technique uh and it and the, this person's not transforming, but it has the same effect uh it's really neat i i really yeah. I really like too clearly McClure I think too clearly McClure is cool as shit. In ways I don't really think the other two are cool as shit. (laughs) Like, they're neat, but they're not cool as shit.
1: This is the first one I felt compelled to find more context for. Right. Uh, And and David Blakesley, who is a a Patreon supporter of ours, but also uh, a Criterion uh, blogger and podcaster in his own right, been doing it longer than we have, certainly. Uh, But over at Criterion Reflections, I believe is his website, uh, he wrote about this one. And... Uh, first of Blakesley is is uh, going through going through the Criterion collection chronologically, which means for something just labeled 1965 that's three minutes long, he kind of had to figure out when he was going to cover that in his 1965 right. section. <laughs> so he just did it at the end of the year. But but he offers some context here that is uh, pretty invaluable, and, and he's pulling from Criterion liner notes too. Uh, but some other some other sources. Um, so this is two because it was one section of a 15 part 31 minute work called Song Traits. For whatever reason, the rest of Song Traits is not included on this <laughs> disc, and they don't seem to be easily accessible. One piece of context, Blakesley really really helps with here is that lets me know who Robert Creeley and Michael McClure are. Right, a piece um, of
0: information that is relatively hard to find. <laughs> Yeah. Outside of his article and like (laughs) some digging. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they're, uh,
1: they're sort of beat journalists, um, or, or beat Beat poets, poets, I guess. Yeah. They were, they were rising. They're not, they're not names I recognize. Obviously, you know, the, the beats, I know the big names in the beats. I don't know some of the lesser guys. So, um, both of them were living in San Francisco in the mid 60s, so uh Blakeley suggests that it was probably filmed there but doesn't exactly know. He also says that the film divides ne- neatly into two halves, which isn't exactly true because the first the first half is much longer than the second
0: half. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it is it is a um Yeah, I mean it Yes. I mean, you can kind of you can find it. It's just, you know, not um I don't find it as needed of a separation as he says right in general right like i I even read after reading that I even went back and rewatched to see if I could I was like mm. but like
1: you can they find are neatly it, divided cause... in that they each have title cards right. uh, but um <laughs> but yeah uh the second one uh McClure is just it's much more frenetic than than Creely. there's uh Like you said, by the by the end, you know, it's there's so much going on in just like subtle movements even. Uh, But. But Creeley is a little more relaxed in a manner. And I wonder if that if that is reflexive biographically, if if this is trying to if the film is trying to capture their personality differences. Yeah,
0: I mean, and and unfortunately we don't know enough about them as people to, to really know that right but yeah what you've already talked about with that
1: with the the step up i think a thing that program 1 is is trying for us here is showing us the progression of the film manipulation that uh, that he's experimenting with over this decade right cuz we go from we go from the one from the wonder ring, which is just him wandering around with a camera and, and the, the multiple images is purely physical outside the camera. Uh, and as we move forward, we get multiple images that are physical inside the camera or in post production editing. Uh, and yeah, this one does, um,
0: does I remember? does the dead have any title cards in it?
1: I do not recall.
0: I don't think I mean, so, but I can't remember. There's
1: more than likely one at the beginning or the end, because that's generally where he puts the titles. Right, but I mean, like, um, yeah. But there's nothing There's nothing internal to contextualize anything well, else. And
0: like, I mean, um, 2 Crelia McClure just has a line painted on the screen. Like, it is just a solid right, white right. line that is like, ah, here's the separation. This is, like, kind of the closest we get to so far, right? Because- the other ones will have this like that line is is like brackage talking to us yeah it's not a lot but it's there we're and like we'll see that a lot in twenty third uh um psalm branch yeah psalm branch like there's a lot of brackage talking to the audience despite not having any audio he's right. constantly writing to like demonstrate points or talk about what he wants to talk about and this has this line that is sort of like a very very minor precursor to it, I suppose you could say.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, Braggage hardly uses audio at all, and only ac- occasionally uses written word. Period. So that that verbal language or or reading language uh, communication is something that he disassociates from film. Right, right. Which is fascinating in and of itself. Just given, you know, obviously the history of film is is largely silent. But even silent films have title cards to tell us what's being said or or whatnot. And not not one hundred percent always of whatever what everything's being said. You'll get dialogue in uh, title. (laughs) You'll get dialogue in title cards sometimes, and you'll get people clearly speaking or making noise on screen that is not title card right. in silent films um so that disassociation of image and sound is historical uh but always you know in previous previous generations i suppose was viewed as something to overcome
0: right whereas brackage I mean,
1: is approaching approaching it as something something he'd, he's not interested in right. solving. and
0: and we get into a kind of an interesting thing right because like Um, you know, and then get into the line between, for example, dialogue, as you're talking about, and and spoken word, right? Like, And that that is definitely an obstacle to overcome. And then you get into, like, well, there's other kinds of audio, right? There's music. And, like, that's not even, like, so much overcome as, like, everybody had that figured out, like, day one, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, we got a piano. We got a person. Go. Yeah. Like, done. Problem solved so he's not really overcoming anything and it's, and it's not near and it's fascinating that it's not that they don't even have music i a, a right. thing that i keep coming back to is that like not having dialogue is indicative of it not them not being linear stories right like of not being narrative at, at really at all um and of course taking dialogue out uh, you know is you're if you're not telling a narrative you don't ne- you don't need it um but like not having like music or or that kind of sound is 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 a very different choice right it is it is um choosing to almost leave the audience alone in their thoughts while watching um uh the thing and and you know something like um you know and something like to creeley McClure, you know are we are um uh, we are sort of like asked to sit and contemplate life alongside this character like this person right uh sort of in tandem with them uh we don't have any idea what they're thinking about they don't have any idea what we're thinking about right we are uh and yeah the first one especially the first half of it is very is very slow and meant to but you know the the interesting thing about that is is that but even in the slow one there's still a decent amount of like image movement like he, you don't really spend any very significantly long period of time, even like you, know, even when we're dealing with, I guess it's Creeley first. I, I assume, yes. I yes. didn't really gather whether that was true or not. With Creeley, even though you're he's contemplative, he's not moving a lot, and the very it's there's still shots. This the there's there's still a lot going on on screen, which is sort of the opposite, right? Doesn't leave us alone in our thoughts, right? Because the 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 film is, con- all of his stuff is constantly demanding visual attention. Like, right. never allows you even a moment's respite. And that's, I think that's true across the board, everything we watched here and, and reaches its peak when we get to 23rd Psalm branch, but like, it's true here too, right? Like, Creeley, maybe you get like one to two seconds of any given right image before before it's in some way altered either through the medium or through the camera moving. Um, So yeah, it's, it it is even it in its slowness is a lot. Right. And it's interesting
1: for this one to take two poets then and, and make them completely silent.
0: Presumably at some point, Brackage has spent time explaining his thought processes on his artwork um we have we have encountered multiple clips of him talking about his work here and there, but they're always yeah. like three minute clips of him talking about stuff or like five minutes here, ten minutes there. It is fascinating to me that his work is even the easy ones feel somewhat indecipherable. Like <laughs> not not in not in a bad way. I'm not calling it bad. I'm I'm saying like there's a lot of I have a lot of mental hesitation to claim that a thing is about this. Right. In in this environment whereas like and and I wonder if that's because all the art that I've encountered in sort of regular visual medium has had countless people spending time explaining it so it seems like it is known what what the thing is about. You know what I mean? Like when you go to a museum and you look at a piece of art, there's almost you almost always can find out what that piece is about, quote unquote. Right. Um, whereas, like, I'm I feel sort of like when we're watching this stuff that we're kind of left out in the in the in the weeds a little right. bit on our own, uh, and that's probably because I don't read well, any material associated with it. But yeah, uh, a
1: couple things off of that. One, good abstract art is always a conversation between the the art. And the viewer, right? Um, and what what you bring to it is part of the piece. Right, of course. Uh, of course. Um, but another thing, I think... I don't know that we've had Brackage say this outright. Uh, but it's very clear that Brackage views the films he's producing as visual poetry. And as purely visual poetry, which is really an important distinction, right? Because you know other, you know collage work or or other visual work often has sound associated with it, or yeah. uh, or uh, an experience in how it's presented associated with it that Braggage isn't isn't doing here. You know, watching watching it in the hotel room with Tarkovsky's wife sitting on top of the dresser in the room, are not is not uh, is not the experience that Brackage is crafting for everyone to experience this. Art right? I through, mean, that right? that may be true, but uh, like,
0: bear in mind, he does have a specific experience in mind because at the time there is only the one experience that is available. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it, like you know, we we talk about this with other with sort of more standard film, uh, but like. At 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 a up to the point that this film that this collection here this part of this collection covers there is no method by which you can view this in any different like that Tarkovsky viewing is the weird one. Everybody else is going to view it in a specific way that is curated by sort of circumstance, if nothing else. Right? Like I'm not going to be able to get a copy and watch it in my hotel room with Tarkovsky.
1: But given who Brackage is and how you might go about getting a copy of any of Brackage's work, you're still going to be watching it in your home.
0: Um Almost. maybe. I mean, I I don't know about that. I At suggest you're At probably going to be watching it, or you're going to be watching it in a in a an environment where a a a more indie theater or some sort of like black box theater or something has decided to show it as a
1: as yeah. An but I think that thing. I think that is a later way of viewing Braggage's work not 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 the way it would have been viewed certainly upon creation. Uh upon creation I imagine the people who saw Brackage's work were people Brackage was showing it to in his house or their house.
0: Right. Yeah, uh. I mean I I you know we don't him being you know his his work not being well it's specifically referred to as being exhibited. Right, multiple right, right. times at multiple. So when places. he goes to right, when he goes to film exhibit, festivals, my point is, is that you're not like, <laughs> even if he's exhibiting it in his house, he is exhibiting. He sets the stage by which it is seen. Right. like the hotel room is the weird one. He's That's doing it fair. because I just he has an opportunity. Right, he's yeah. met a person that he wants to impress, and he's showing it to them in the only way that like is is immediately available. But in other yeah. times, he is he is curating that experience at least a little. Like again, he's not sh- you know, and it's impossible to not right because like if if you're only viewing it in his house as a as a friend or a friend of a friend, that's still curated. He's still choosing the method by which it's shown to people. Yeah, it, is what I mean. It's like there's no way for you to you're not like getting bootleg copies of it that you like. Stole off the, like, the, you know what I mean? Like, you're not violating right. his ability to control the way you see it, is all I'm getting at. Like, and right. so it, it is, you're right, it is, and, and because of the nature of like reproducing film and stuff like that, it is, it is still s- to a certain extent different from poetry in that way, right? Like, I mean, he definitely views himself that way. I, I, I agree completely. But like, p- paperback books of poetry are phenomenally easier to reproduce and distribute than, like, experimental films on actual film stock. <laughs> like You know what I mean? Like, that there's an intentionality to that. Like, I can't, I, in 1960, and I couldn't, you couldn't just, like, bootlegging that would be relatively extremely difficult. Right. Whereas bootlegging a poem that you memorized and wrote down for somebody else is exceedingly easy to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no chap book equivalent to the poetry Brackage is making here. Right. right? He can't he can't just he can't just self publish
0: uh and, and what little, I would a little right, zine
1: that, to hand out. With it's just all like of his mailing people
0: rolls of celluloid. Yeah. Um what I would what I would argue that makes it most poetic is the fact that the and I think Brackage engages with this pretty pretty clearly is the fact that all other visual mediums prior to this lacked, by nature, a dimension of time. But poetry does have a dimension of time, right? Poetry is printed on a page, but the reading of it takes time. The, recit- the saying of it takes time. It, it progresses over the dimension of time. And Brackage's right. visual art progresses over the dimension of time. Whereas, like, a, a painting just by nature can't. You can spend a lot of time looking at it, but it didn't change. But a, both a poem and a and a because you can't view a poem as one singular unit, like you're you're unless you are some sort of superhuman that can look at the whole thing at once. Even when you think about poetry in your head, you still have to go through it linearly, and it takes time. Right. Uh, right. You can't view it as a whole, and you can't view Brackage's work as a whole. You have to engage with it over time, um, and I think that's what makes it makes it truly visual poetry
1: yeah yeah i think that's true particularly compared to uh painting or sculpture exactly
0: which is which is what it it has the most um most in common with right even with something like the dead or um uh to creely mcclure it has the most in common with painting uh because even in those like this he's staging visuals for you to see Right. He's producing specific visuals that you are going to to engage with, but these evolve over time rather than stay s- stationary. Right. Right. And
1: and evolve over a set amount of time.
0: Right, right, which thinking, is which is something he can control. Yeah. And you and could
1: and, you could spend hours standing in front of a painting. Right. Uh, but there's no there's no limit to how long you can stand. Right, which which is minimum more positive.
0: Right. Yeah, and and well, I mean, yeah, until they like, kick you out of the museum, right? Um, but like the thing o- the the thing about it is, is what makes it interesting is that like it makes Brackage's work. I would say infinitely more difficult to wrap your head around. Yeah, because because it is a is a series of com- complex images that you you have to try to dis- to to make sense of. But like, it's not just a single image. It is it is. And especially with the way Brackage does it, it's so so rapidly changing. Uh, and again, that escalates to its peak for this program in twenty third Psalm branch, where it is it is overwhelming. Um, but even here in in two Crilly McClure, it's a lot. He he helps you by having two relatively stationary f- figures. The two subjects are relatively. They're they're not just physically stationary for the most part, but they are also um they don't change, right? They're 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 the same person. Yeah. It's a relatively short amount of time. Um whereas in the next one, in twenty third Psalm branch, I assume Brackage's goal is to just wear like overwhelm you, to just wear you down, to just completely overwhelm your sense of of, of, of yeah. sight. I wonder then
1: it's it's maybe interesting that Brackett's abstract work particularly and and, and to Creeley McClure certainly qualifies here. And uh, and maybe the dead is a little long, but not too long. It's interesting that so much of his abstract work is about three and a half minutes. Yeah. To five yeah, minutes. and I think that's so important. It's, so it's it's the length of a song, right? It's the length it's, of Yeah. I, of a musical only... piece, you would enjoy just audibly. Uh, except we're getting a piece you can only enjoy visually, uh, and then even right. his 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 long ones are long, long. They're symphonies, right?
0: They're... Right, and 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 I would assume that he realized the, with the long ones, you're. I think you're supposed to engage with the long ones and the short ones in very different ways, right? Like the the short right. ones are meant to be engaged with, like a song. Or a poem, they are they are short. They enough that you can, in theory, probably, when you get done, and maybe after a couple viewings at at most, you can have a a broad. You can be like, I know what that one is. Like the right. way you can kind and of they, know a song.
1: They are within the limits of the average human attention span. Right,
0: to, right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, if if there were radio for 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 abstract, uh, abstract film like. As like, uh, or you could yeah. you could play it on there, um, although it would be like some fucking wild ass shit that like <laughs> wouldn't get a lot of airtime. Whereas when we get into twenty third Psalm branch, it is, it is a symphony. Uh, the uh, symphony might be polite; it might be more of a dirge. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is certainly
1: certainly that. Yeah, so, well, moving on to it then. Uh, 23rd Psalm Branch is from 1967. And it's, it's also part of a larger work. The songs are a cycle that Bragg is produced from 64 to 69. 23rd Psalm is just the 23rd song. Prior to this, they weren't all that long, uh, mostly. I don't know. But it seems like, too, Creeley McClure might be one of these as well.
0: Song traits and, and songs might be the same masterwork. Fifteen song traits is inside of songs.
1: Oh, yeah. It's yeah, a there we
0: 38 go. and a half minute thing inside of songs.
1: So 15 song traits is just song <laughs> song 15 uh and right, then 24 su- is a subset of right. of song number 15.
0: Interesting. Yeah, so like but 23rd song branch is notably the longest of those. By by a wide margin. Uh is double any of the other ones. Uh basically. Part of me really really wonders because these take up such a long breadth of time. They it starts in 1964 and they go all the way in 1969. Like it's 5 years to produce uh songs. Um, I find myself really wondering what the evolution over the course of that is. Like we know roughly what the middle is because we have access to, to Crelia McClure. Uh, but like, that's only a part of that one and there's a shit ton of them. Right. Um, And so like, and then we get this really long one that's produced, you know, in the sort of second half of it. I really, I want, I both want to have access to and and know what that progression is like, but I also don't want to sit through. I mean, that's a lot of. It's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I, if I add all these up, that's a lot. That's.
1: I don't know that we even
0: have access to all. Three, of them. I don't think we do, and that's like what three ish, three and a half ish hours of material or something. Maybe even four right. Right, itself. Like. Yeah. Um. And I. And I wonder. What, but I wonder what the progression on that is like, because it's taking up five years of life. It's gotta have, there's no way that like, there's no sort of like artistic progression or like mental, you know, like philosophical progression across those. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm very curious about that. And then I'm also very curious about when you engage with something like this cycle called songs, what does he exactly mean by cycle? I know what, Right, cycle can mean, but there's enough variety in what the word cycle can mean that it is it, yeah um, it, it's unclear exactly what it's meant to mean,
1: clearly McClure is a a subset of a single unit of this cycle right right a subcycle in and of itself, one episode from a subcycle in and of itself, and then how how that relates to. 23rd Psalm branch is is interesting uh, because it's not really clear that you know watching obviously you know we just had a discussion about trying to figure out whether or not these were part of the same blanket work right right? overarching work Uh, because in their hearts you know they don't seem like it Right, they're not. No,
0: I mean, I and well, that's why I'm wondering. They're visually
1: is, doing similar things sometimes.
0: Right, but like, but 23rd Psalm Branch is is notably very, very, much more sophisticated than than right, to clearly McClure, like by a, but a really wide margin. Yeah, and
1: 23rd Psalm Branch, unlike almost nothing else from Brackage we've seen, is doing something very particular.
0: Right, it it is possibly the least abstract thing that we've seen. Right, beyond not like, to, maybe. Beyond maybe Wonder Ring, which I kind of right. treat almost as a separate item.
1: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we get we we get some stuff from Brackage, particularly in in Volume One, that was more more straightforward documentary, but not exactly straightforward documentary. You know, more straightforward on a Brackage one is a pretty big
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: it's, those words are doing a lot of work. So, you know, something like the, the act of seeing with one's eyes or, or the, the birth one that we already talked about that are still shot in abstract manners and certainly not as, as a studio would shoot something. Right. Uh, but are much more straightforward documentary things. Right. They are recording a particular thing. Um. Where and that's, that's sort of what the Wonder Ring is to me,
0: right? Obviously, yes, not yeah, dealing I
1: agree. with not dealing with as heady material as those other two, but still a a fairly straightforward documentary style. Whereas Psalm Branch, Twenty <laughs> Third Psalm Branch is well, it reminded me a lot of uh, we did for a bonus episode very recently here and elsewhere. Uh, yeah, got Yeah, I
0: mean, here in elsewhere has a lot more things that that approach like video bending instead of um, right, right, because they're actually dealing with video. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and and, but like, what you know, what actually it reminds me of is I cannot remember the name of the work, but if you remember the thing that was the movie that was made a World War Two movie made almost entirely using stock footage. I didn't dream that up, right? That's a real thing that we watch, right? like what if we didn't try to make a linear narrative out of stock footage? basically that was
1: basically, yeah, that was basically film montage in a lot of ways right, right? uh yeah, and this is this is that, but
0: well, I mean, more it's making that. it into a collage, right? Like, <laughs> if you imagine taking the same bits of and pieces, but making it into more of a collage, you would end up with something like this, uh, and then you know, add in some paint for good measure or something like that. Um, I I found it I found it engaging, but visually ass- and, and very on purpose, uh, visually assault to the point where I found myself regularly having to look away, not because yeah. of like the images being disturbing. There are a lot of disturbing images in it. But because at at a relatively quick pace, being assaulted by like two frame clips of images starts to like be physically painful. Like you, at some point you cross a pretty early you cross a threshold of like, if I don't take really long blinks, this is going to maybe kill me. And I assume that's the purpose, right? Like, I assume that, that that's very much like, obviously, he's doing that. He is doing that on purpose. And I think the pain and suffering you go through is part of the work itself, right? I, I think I I cannot imagine a person who can watch it without experiencing those sensations. Um, maybe there are. Maybe people can watch it and it, like, doesn't bother them at all. But it, it I was like, if I watch this too much, I'm going to, like, I can feel something happening that i need to be like i'm going to hurt myself if i keep doing this without taking breaks right um it, it is a relatively straightforward piece um it gets less straightforward as we get further on into it the first half of it i would say is very straightforward um the second half is less straightforward if memory serves the the first half feels very is very much just about war. Um, right. There is, a, there is notably a lot of mixed-in images that are not from war. There are a lot of natural disaster images mixed in. There are a lot of um, sort of natural... There There is an implication to the first half that, and I think it exists in the second half, that, in fact, I think he even writes this at some point or something to this effect, that like war is a natural sort of... Some of the implication that war is a natural state for man, much like the 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 sort of da- disasters that we're seeing are sort of natural states. Yeah. Um, which I've, I mean, again, that's. I am annoyed it's, by that. I'm going to get annoyed at my interpret at the idea inherent to the interpretation that I read into this film, which is a weird place to be. I don't agree with that thought process, but it is it is it is what I took away from it, and then it also subsequently annoyed me. So I, I found myself getting annoyed at my interpretation of his work, but not at right. how, not at my interpretation, at him for my interpretation, which is yeah. uh, was an odd place to be when I was watching a movie. Um, uh, one just
1: for context, the movie you were referencing was uh, Stuart. Stuart cooper's overlord or possibly a bonus okay. feature on Stuart Co- I th- cooper's i overlord. think it might
0: be a i think it might be a bonus feature uh, i'm not sure yeah. i believe was, that i i i believe that is what um gave us gave birth to the pan, the pan the fuck i can't remember the pan and drum yeah. or whatever it's called yeah 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 that's
1: uh that's actually how i found it was looking up the postcard art <laughs> yeah i <laughs> just yeah, couldn't so remember just what overlord.
0: i couldn't remember what the, yeah. the movie yeah. was
1: Intellectually, this is doing some interesting things that did remind me of Here and Elsewhere, maybe some of Godard's other work from the early 70s. There's a certain aspect to what he's showing that is collapsing all government into fascism, which is ideologically interesting to me. Uh, right. Uh, because it's not just... We get clips of Hitler, we get clips of Mussolini, we get frequent clips of victims of the Holocaust. Uh but that's also intercut with uh, what seemed to be the uh, the crowning of Elizabeth and British police quelling well, a riot.
0: Right. I mean, I, I, you know, it is talking about the problem we talked about earlier about trying to decipher individual images uh, yeah. in this. Yeah, there are definitely, like, there are a lot of police... Dealing with riot or like dealing with like protests and rioting and stuff like that mixed in with like exp- like what well, I guess you could call explicit I mean, like it's funny to call them explicitly fascist images because images of police oppressing like they are explicitly fascist are also racist. explicitly r- fascist <laughs> but I guess there's like a level of organization to the fascism that is like different I don't know how you would define that but like one is one is a melee and one is like marching. I guess is the difference. Right, right, um, right. But there's no. But yeah, he's definitely drawing that there's no line between those two things, which is fair, like accurate. No, no, Absolutely. no arguments yeah. here.
1: Yeah. Well, the where it, where, it maybe gets a little complicated is, uh, sometimes, uh, the images we're clipping back and forth between in this film are for contrast. Such as, I don't think he's suggesting that uh, his is suggesting his naked in the backyard. Yeah.
0: I think he's <laughs> suggesting his children are bad. Well, I don't. I think, think. I think it's less for contrast, and I think he's suggesting like what I think the goal here is, is that like this is really like now we're really getting out there in, in the in the woods. But is the idea that this is it's less for contrast and more engaging with the idea that the things that this is about controlling and what and, yeah. and who gets hurt or who is who are the the victims of this both this ideology but also the, the inherent the war that's inherent to it right um it in it, it, and it and i think that's also where we get into the natural disaster stuff actually is more talking about like what is affected by this this sort of way of viewing the world right um, because right. it, it it's all kind of make, blended in there. I, you know, yes, it provides contrast, but I, I feel like it's more trying to make an actual state, it, not just pure contrast, but more trying to make a statement about what, like who, like who this is like about, like what, like what, what this is directly aimed at. Yeah. Destroying, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah they, I think,
1: and... I think particularly with uh, with where it reminded me of here and elsewhere, it's interesting that this came out in '67, which is before the Vertov group had done anything, right? Between before Godard had even really become overtly Marxist in in his filmmaking, uh, and it's it makes me wonder if this was an influence
0: on some of that. I, I can see uh, that. I, I would say that, like, very noticeably, this is much... Godard's stuff is much more explicitly introspective, at least right. in, in... And in, much more uh, explicitly didactic. Right. Uh. I mean, this is... this. Th- it's really the difference between... Like, this feels more like a protest poem. Right. Or something like that. Like, protest art or protest... Like, you're and like... Where you know, I get where
1: I get caught up thinking about it is that so much of here and elsewhere was talking about, uh, how the images shown on the news don't have the context of the sound that they have. They've had like one of the things explicitly said is that the, the sound of those images has been replaced with a different sound that, that is recontextualizing. So to show all this, all of these things without sound at all, uh, it really feels like here and elsewhere particularly is in conversation with this.
0: It might, uh, it might, I, I, and I don't think it, I,
1: I don't necessarily think it is. I think there's a chance that, that Godard could have been familiar with this work, uh, given the timing and, and his interest in American things. Uh, but also I don't know that it's necessarily here and elsewhere. Isn't, isn't overtly making an argument against whatever brackage might have been trying to do here. Um, but, but they are an interesting pairing, uh, that we sort of accidentally did in that here and elsewhere. <laughs> right. Was our yes, bonus true. Our bonus episode last month and not, not something actually in the criterion collection. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's with here and elsewhere's argument about the relationship of sound and image, uh, Brackage's argument of completely giving up on sound uh but in this one we still get written communication throughout right right yeah and some of it some of it is hard to parse the context of i'll say well uh, it's
0: also just like yeah i mean is it, being kind it is it is I found at times almost impossible because again, of the way the cuts work, like almost impossible to actually read it. Right. Right. One is very
1: hard. It's very hard to read. Like the very first one that pops up uh, within the film is uh, it's only one or two words per per frame. We're on those frames for a couple of, second maybe five at the most you know it's obviously it's multiple frames the way the way he's doing it but uh and because the way those are formatted in the very in brackage's style of writing with a razor blade on the celluloid right uh, they're just hard to read so the yeah, first I mean, one that pops up
0: the, yeah
1: the first one that pops up says take back beethoven's ninth then he said
0: yeah, and I could only get about like I got Beethoven out of that, and that's it, about all I could parse from it.
1: Beethoven was the one I spent the most time trying to parse. Oh, see, that's I, the only one I got. I was like, oh, I that's couldn't understand it. It was so obviously Beethoven, and having it be Beethoven made so little sense to me. <laughs> that, right, that I just like rejected well, that outright.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the thing about but, it yeah. is that that split celluloid thing is, is hard. And, like, he does that a little bit, but then he just proceeds to start writing on notebooks eventually. Right, right, right. Which right. is, like, yeah. better, like, easier to read, but still I, I can't read fast enough. And, like, in the moving images makes it, like, hard for me to, like, actually focus on the words. And keep in mind that Brackage is doing this with full knowledge that, like, his audience can't pause. Right. They have no ability to dissect his work frame by frame. He can produce it frame by frame; that they can't dissect it frame by frame. And I think that's really important. And I and I I used all the willpower, beho- like given to me, uh, to resist the urge to pause. I pause occasionally to like go to the bathroom or whatever, but like right. I I refuse to allow myself to pause because I feel like that's cheating. Yeah. Uh and also ruining the context, right? Like there's one thing that Brackage knows he can control when he's making this and he can control the progression of the images across like as they appear on the screen. Right. The the pacing and like he controls all of that. And and by by pausing we we automatically undo the control that he the one the one thing he had control. Like he can't control what the room looks like. He can't control who laughs, talks or coughs during the middle of it. But he can control how quickly the images appear and disappear across the screen. Which means all that writing was supposed to be hard for me to fucking read. Right, right, right. Um, And
1: you know, and because of that, you know, you get you get glimpses of what's being written. Right. Some more clearly than others. And and to an extent that means that what words connect are Somewhat random, because right. different people are going to to focus on different words. As you which, which would
0: be which would be an interesting uh, study to do, but like neither here nor yeah. there. But to see like which which words do you remember?
1: So that yeah, there's one point where you know, we start off a, a letter being written, and and it's dear Jane, and we can get dear Jane out. But maybe you could. <laughs> maybe
0: I did uh, not get that, but yeah. But then it's just on. like.
1: I saw the word crystals, I saw the word nature, I saw uh, later when we cut back to the note, um, I can't go on and I must stop.
0: Where, yeah, and, where and things... it's worth noting that he li- he lingers on the things that he really wants you to take right. out harder, right? Like, I can't go on, I must stop, like, are on there for a much longer period of time than a lot of the other writing.
1: Right. Yeah. And then that that second time back to that letter is when when they also erase a little bit. Like he writes right, something yeah. out, erases well, it. Well, yeah, and not then even writes... quite
0: erase. He just literally um starts rewriting it or picks up like right. it's very clearly a new part of a new note. Like it's new Right, it's, right, right. Like it gives the uh, illusion of erasing, but it's very clearly like I'm just yeah. film this is just new film. <laughs> like I'm just now in a new spot, new film. Uh new writing. Um what what's you know and, and it produces an interesting result about like what you remember and what you don't remember um so like you know I, and it actually made me start thinking like just now when we were talking is that this is where brackages work explicitly diverges from poetry because a poet cannot control those things that i just described right um you you can't Conce- it is inconceivable that you can contain the multitude of this inside of your head. You just can't. You and I can remember bits and pieces, but we can't contain it all. We can't. We can't have it all. Whereas a poem, you can, with with exceptions for like length and things like that, you can you can internalize the entire thing. While I said you have to read through it in your head. You do. You can have the whole thing in your head, and read through the whole thing in one go, without without brackage right you cannot do that with this work um and and also it, it it and therefore as we talked about with reproducing you also get into this thing where like a, a, a poem you can go through countless times you can re we can re we can you i do it constantly i know everybody does like every like lots and lots of you have things in your head that you you remember and you repeat to yourself at times and they, they're, they're a part of who you are and while we, I'm sure we internalized this, and we made it a part of ourselves, not in the same way that you would make an entire poem a part of yourself, right? Right. Um, that you can't, you can't have all of 23rd Psalm branch in your in you at the same time. I mean, I guess it's like, yeah, you can't have epic poetry in, all inside. You're not going to have like, fucking like, Beowulf all inside your head all at the same time. Probably. I mean, I guess you could. I'm sure some sure there, sure there are people. I'm sure are people who yeah. have, but but it it is it, so. I guess that goes to the, the that just proves the point, right? Like it's that's not possible here, especially without the ability to pause. And even then, you could there's no way you could remember every image that appears. in the There's there's it's impossible.
1: Yeah. Like I would say there are two two major points of departure from something like here and elsewhere, to this, is that Godard would never could never give up on verbal language to the degree no it's impossible yeah I
0: know that that Rackage has done he could play with it but he would never give up on it he would never like let it go entirely even
1: even his film Goodbye to Language was not about giving up on on verbal communication
0: (laughs) but uh, well very Godard specifically sees it as 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 being extremely important and fundamental to like human existence right right, right, in a a very uh, significant way
1: yeah Yeah. Uh, and and something that Brackage obviously views as pretty fundamental to his existence, that uh, Godard does not have, is his family. That we keep coming back to in this one. This right, one right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is a major, another major difference. Well,
0: and, and you get into and so in that sense, right? Like it, it's very easy to understand Twenty Third Psalm Branch as Brackage. It, it, it's described as an anti, as being like explicitly about the Vietnam War and and his response to it. But it's also worth noting that it's also very easy to understand it as as brackets engaging in a thing that every parent in a a very familiar thing as a parent, which is. Yeah. Under coming to terms with how dangerous the world is to the people you like you're you're in charge. You're like you're in charge of caring for the people that you you care deeply about. Um, And it's true for everybody, not just parents, but like being a parent does pick up an extra really terrifying dimension to it. Like, right. I mean, legitimately extremely terrifying. And like you should, one should be very, very frightened of parents who don't engage in that thought process from time to time. Uh, one should also be very, very terrified of parents who engage in that thought process, but with regards all the time. to all the time, but also with regards to, to um, imagine threats. <laughs> like Yes. There are very real, very, very, very real threats in this world and then there are the things that uh, that uh, a shitty cable news station cooked up for you to imagine is a threat right, to your right. children. Um yeah. and that's hard for people to separate. I mean, Brackets is very clearly engaging with one that's very, very real, right? It it's war as personified in the Vietnam War, but it it is that is a very real threat to your children, to your family. Um and and by showing that fa- his family he specifically his family he is he is telling the audience that that this is this is not just one can kind of have a sort of duality about it being about the whole everybody but also being very much about your own family right like you can have both at the same time right um and he he very much is doing that um right. he doesn't choose a he doesn't choose another family he chooses His family.
1: This one is also unique among the Brackage we've experienced in that we get scenes of nature and his family that he has recorded, but is intercut with stuff he obviously had
0: not recorded, right? Yeah, no, it's got a lot of—he uses a lot of stock footage in this, like a lot, a lot. And, like, of course, you know, (laughs) if if Brackage is going to talk about war, Brackage does not have direct access to war. Uh, He uses almost entirely World War II footage.
1: The interview with him talking about this movie— does talk about him having direct access to these spaces, right? Of being of being in Berlin
0: or being yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah. Um, right, right. But that is those are very different things, right? Like he, yeah. Um, you know, ever everybody has access to those spaces, but everyone doesn't have access to those spaces at that time, right? At the, right. the specific time. Um, and right. so you and know sort he, of he uses what? a lot of. It's also worth noting he uses a lot of extremely graphic um stock footage that like right. i'm kind of surprised he was able to get access to that much of it like i know it exists but i kind of always assumed that like big stock footage libraries didn't just necessarily carry hundreds of hours of dead like bodies right and i right. think mostly holocaust film like f- clips of holocaust documentaries i i have to assume but it's so fast you can't really always tell but there's a lot of things that look very much like hol- like they're yes document most from, of from from the holocaust
1: most of what we saw that i could recognize uh seem to be holocaust victims uh, yeah i think um, most of it i think there was at least one clip of uh a dead american soldier at one point, there All might World have been two yeah, footage. It is, it
0: is. Um, there's a lot, and so it can get a little and overwhelming then there's, to try to keep track of it.
1: There are piles of piles of bodies that are mass graves that are emaciated in a way that I believe they were Holocaust victims. Yeah, uh, but then there are also piles of burned bodies that were not necessarily right. Uh, right. It is I mean, interesting, and obviously, this is given given his sourcing, he could not have uh and the time this is produced none of the images he has are vietnam images right, right. and, and i was going to bring that up images. too
0: it, and and you know that he is dealing with and there i'm sure that given the nature of what he's doing i am sure that's what he would would want to use right uh but like he's very limited that that's basically impossible at this point um yeah and he is is using world war two as a stand in for for war and vietnam specifically you know you know there's a there's a it's a, it's it's not like it's a hard analog to use or anything like that i guess yeah. is what i'm trying to say like he you know you know what he's trying to do right right i i will say it's perhaps
1: with all the equation of, of different types of fascism and, and levels of fa- fascistic response to freedom that we see sort of getting equated here. To me, if I were making a film like this as Braggage, I would hope, but, but certainly as myself, uh, the building to the end, which is his family, Presumably on his property in Colorado. And we get frequent nature shots that are obviously shot in Colorado. Right. Uh mm-hmm. in the Rockies at least. Building to we sort of end with what's that last thing that pops up is Nietzsche's Lamb or something like that. Oh yeah. I um, I,
0: I yeah. The yeah. the ending we, there's enough change over the course of the ending that I kind of got it's, that's harder for me to remember. Yeah.
1: And we end with with the kids with sparklers, and it keeps getting superimposed with the face of a donkey, which is, I I don't know what's going on there necessarily. No, th- but, that's what I'm
0: saying is the ends the ends yeah. political message is more confusing I, than the beginnings. Right. Yeah,
1: and maybe maybe it's more more confusing because of what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that in Brackage's commentary on 23rd Psalm branch that we get, he talks about. Uh, being places where Hitler had been and that these ordinary bits and pieces of life can be so charged from the context of history right so then it is sort of interesting that he doesn't seem to make the leap to see his enjoyment of this Colorado land as an ordinary bit of life,
0: right? Yeah, that has, I mean,
1: that, has yeah. that context of history. He's not examining right. that context of history.
0: Right? Well, I think it's worth noting that, <coughs> like, I think it goes even further into the film than that. Actually, I, I agree. Uh, it is, it is a significant, o- I think, oversight. Um, he's, he is Brackage is many in many ways in this not interested in in direct introspection, right? Like, he's not going right. to engage with the fact that he is. He is on stolen land, um, or anything like that, uh, and the, that's the result of genocide. Like, um, because it's also worth noting that we don't actually get a lot of images. There's there at this point we are we are he is ready. Actually, he doesn't have ready access to Vietnam images, but he has ready access to American right troop images, like of American troops marching, of American. Like we can't tell what the police. Like who the fuck can tell what the police? Like police being protesters is impossible to tell. Like they could be American police, they could be British police, they could be fucking anybody. It's police or police, basically.
1: There are police with the sort of classical Bobby hats.
0: Yeah. Uh, But like And and given the age of
1: the given the age of the footage, American police weren't really using those hats after nineteen hundred. So
0: but I don't uh, think all the police were. I, I cannot remember right, that right, part. Right. Like, and and it, I it don't think all of it.
1: the police were were dressed like stereotypical right. British police. I think there were there were shots of other police. And, um, and, but,
0: but but the real point I was that in my head that I I noted mentally is that there's probably plenty of shots when we're talking about like some of the more like war actual war activity shots that are American footage, like, of, like, plane shooting and stuff. Of course. But, like, he's missing an opportunity to, like, literally just show American troops marching or show American troops, like, even using World War II footage of... And I think to a certain extent that shows that... and, And this is a really not kind statement necessarily to make... Is that he's doing the thing that a lot of people do and will continue to do, especially from his generation going forward, which is draw a hard line around that specific category to say right. no, those that those were not emblematic of fascism. Which is, yeah. as Would we not- get further and further away from that, we are as a society and and people are more willing to can, to understand that y- y- yes, they are. Yeah. We we very explicitly fought fascism with fascism. It's like I
1: think there is a fine line between. I'm not saying people don't do this. What you what you just said, but I think there is a fine line between defending America as not fascism and refusing to critique America as fascism.
0: I mean, there is you a follow? line, but but like if you're going to do this kind of if you're going to make a movie that is about the Vietnam War, yes. Right, like you should be making be overt. You should be making more overt comparisons, the thing that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, that, like, there's a direct line between that and like that thing in and, and Vietnam. It's a straight line. There's not even, like there's no detours on that fucking path. Like it, it goes one to the other without any detours, without any side. Like, there's no mistake. I mean, of course, we as a society. Have chosen for a long time to wall that off and say no, this is exceptional. There's no, no, there's nothing bad here, right? <laughs> you know, we well, we do, do it, you think, but like I, I don't know that he's doing that. But but you can do that implicitly, right? You can choose to just never. You can choose to not go find the American troops marching, uh, yeah, or whatever, for like, your for your film. But
1: do you think? Obviously, within America in 1967, we're already to the point where Vietnam's a quagmire and people don't think we should be there because it's very far away and we're fighting people who are just like us and we're sending the poor to fight a rich man's war. That critique has all already happened, right? Right. But we're making this movie in 67, which is, you know, it comes out in 67. He's working on this through 66 and 67, I believe. My Lie is 68. And my lies really when American violence in Vietnam comes to well it becomes public, yeah, uh, public yes, view. Yes, yeah. So do we? Uh, there is, I suppose, a chance that he doesn't know to critique Vietnam in that way yet.
0: I mean, here's. Yes, I agree. There, There's a very, There, it is very easy, and, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong to read this very kindly. Yeah. And to say, like, it's just, you know, but, and and like, I'm not trying to, like, rake him over the coals. Right. I'm just saying, if you're putting a bunch of fascists in your movie, and a bunch of fascism in your movie, and then your movie is very explicitly about Vietnam, you've already made that connection. Right and then to choose very and again I don't like I don't want to be like oh I don't think he sat in his house and be like should I, I th- should I include these pictures these movies of american troops marching or something like that no 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 that's that's a bridge too far I don't think he did that but I think he thought to himself what are what are thing what are videos of troops that are emblematic of fascism to me and he chose the ones that um, that the Empire of America chose to label as that, like I, these are yeah, the images of fascism. Because we also
1: we also get De Gaulle leading, leading a march. We get, uh, yeah, the 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 cut between what I believe are either French or German soldiers marching in well, parade. Well, there's, there's there's all to,
0: of the you know,
1: yeah, to uh, to the scenes inside uh, uh, the royal. Whatever going on in Britain, you know, yeah. in the church, in the cathedral.
0: I don't know. My point is, it feels like a very strange choice. Like right from right. Uh, from outside, it seems like a very it's a very strange thing to not have in your movie. Right, about- and I don't want to.
1: Yeah, I yes. don't want to split hairs on 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 exactly what you're getting at, but even beyond that, it is definitely weird to me that he is not making correlation to American history.
0: Right. Prior to Vietnam, well, and right. that's and that and that's the same thing, right? Like, I, I'm i saying that you have footage that you could like throw in there that's like, right, like basically borderline just yesterday. Yeah, that you're not you've throwing got... in there, and and that extends backwards, right? That 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 that, straight, that line of fascism extends really far back, right? But like you that that line, you've helps, got still
1: like, images of wounded knee you could
0: put up. You've got right, right, and I and, and what I'm saying is is that he doesn't even choose the one that's right next door. Much right. less the one that is that is already a hundred years past for him. That's telling me that he's not quite. That feels to me like he is not quite ready to make the final, the final leap, and say America is fascist. Right. He's willing to say this war is bad and it and it is reminiscent of what the fascists are doing or did. Yeah. But I don't think he's making a movie that's saying America is a fascist nation. I think that's fair. Like, I think he wants to say war's bad and, like, the innocents will suffer. I mean, it includes his kids and everything like that. He's definitely saying those things. And he's definitely saying that what we're doing is reminiscent of that. But I don't think he's... W- and, you know, he's even willing yeah. to probably accuse the British of it. But I don't think he's willing to say it about America necessarily. And well. I... I not I think he's less willing he to is. say it
1: as explicitly, but I think he does implicitly say it at points in this movie. I think I think particularly of uh, during the second take of of the letter writing, we get the words patterns popping up, and uh, and that's where it, yeah. I can't go on yeah. and I must stop. And patterns and thoughts, and as as we're cutting to that, we're also cutting to ticker tape parades, which are, I believe. A fairly unique American phenomenon.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Uh, and the ticker tape parades are intercut with the destroyer ships firing their artillery cannons. Right. Um, and just, you know, the fact that one of the words that you can plainly see in, in the, the letter is patterns. Right. You know.
0: But there is a... Now, okay, follow me on this. Okay. Number one. I agree. I, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I'm. I am. I am being very skeptical. Yeah. Right now, I. The word patterns in there does not indicate patterns of fascism, but patterns of war. Okay. I, I think there's a way you can read it that way very easily. I think that's like fair. the war keeps happening, right? We keep. Again, and and then okay, I'm going to say the meanest thing I'll ever say about Braggage. Uh, which is bracket? Don't sell is,
1: yourself short. We've got we've got six uh, more episodes of this. The Meanest thing I've ever no. said
0: about Brackett so far. All right. right. Which I've never really said very much mean about him because most of his his abstract work doesn't really you can't really attack <laughs> like you right, can't right. be like oh this this son of a bitch in his damn paint. I guess unless you're Tarkovsky. Um, <laughs> the point I'm trying to get at here is if we look, you know how there's a running thought process in America, especially among younger people, how what happened to all those people who were protesting the vietnam war right how did we how did we get to the 80s and the 90s right. and today um and and there's a lot of explanations about it but a very strong and important part of that example is saying is being very upset about the repetition of the cycle of war and not reco- and not making the final connection that you live in a fascist nation right it explicitly that you have the things you have through the mechanisms of fascism. (laughs) And that like, and that, and that the reason why that warriors is happening that you don't like is because of the mechanisms of fascism that they are, that, that, and that like, as soon as the war goes away saying, break open, break open the, the champagne. We, we beat them boys. We, we did it. We stopped the war without ever really truly engaging with the fact that like the thing that made it happen was the, the, the the fascist system that, that that does this that has been doing this since the beginning um and like it's a mean thing to say but like braggages of that era yeah that's true that, that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily willing to call the country that 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 beat the nazis and the, and and the you know the italian fascists and the japanese a a fascist nation it, and and we are we're far away from that time now. Like, we are far enough down the line that, like, is much more common and acceptable to do that thing now. Right? Right. Um, and, ma- I mean, maybe Brackage does later on. I don't know enough about him as a person. But, like, it feels like this movie is specifically not doing that. And, again, by not bringing up America's past, like, you know, as you talked about where the land he's living on comes from and things like that, that's part of it, right? That's part of ignoring that of ignoring the the, na- the fascistic nature that like sort of underlies America as a country. What I'm saying is he's a liberal <laughs> Listen. The meanest there... thing I will ever say about brackage. I
1: think he's I, a liberal. I will I will allow that he has <laughs> liberalistic
0: tendencies. Okay, there we uh... go. And that's what Tarkovsky saw. That's, what, that's yeah. what he is. That's that's He's yeah. a fucking liberal. I'm watching a video, a, doc, of a semi-documentary of about a man's ch- a wife giving birth in a hotel room with a liberal. God damn it.
1: <laughs> there is no possible way that the critique Brackage reports Tarkovsky is giving is everything that Tarkovsky said because Brackage himself reports that Tarkovsky was talking a mile a minute in Russian. Which is, right, right,
0: right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Which is
1: an information-dense language. Uh, right. So,
0: and, and and certainly, whoever was translating... Was softening the blows. And, yeah, Picken right. and chose, and, and it was softening the blows.
1: I am glad that we chose to, to take these in the way we've chosen to take them, considering we have talked a very long time about the first one. So, this week, we've been kicking off the bi-bracket and Anthology Volume 2 uh, and we will spend the next five weeks working through this as we really dive into Brackage and his uh, abstract art films. Thank you so much for listening to The Lost of Criterion. I'm, as always, Leon Glass with me, as always, John Patrick O'Tar Dorgan. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been Lost in Criterion, hosted by me, Adam Glass. Find me on Twitter at the Adam Glass. My co-host is John Patrick Obatari-Dorgan. You can find him on Twitter at JPatrickDorgan. Big thanks to Jonathan Hape for our theme song. Check him out at jonathanhape.bandcamp.com, or hear more from him on any streaming service. Also, thanks to all our Patreon supporters, iTunes reviewers, and Redbubble customers. And hey, thank you for listening.